0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280. The Zone. Well, Utah Jazz close out the road trip in style. Easily their best game of the road trip as they blow out Chicago by 25. Play some defense. Joe's hitting threes, Donovan's getting 30, Rudy misses a triple-double by one block. I don't really question why he didn't get the 10th block. I question why he got nine and why the Bulls kept going at him. But that's a question for another point, and we'll get to that later in the show. Uh, We're going to start you off. uh, We'll get to the Jazz Post later this hour. Best of the Jazz Post game. But we're going to start you out with college football. Kalani Satake and Kyle Whittingham. First, Utah coach Kyle Whittingham meeting with the media as spring ball continues up on the hill.
1: Okay. All right. Morning, guys, gals. Um, very good first week of spring ball. Uh, we're heading into week two now. Things will become more, much more physical and uh, should start to see some separation in some of the position group battles. But uh, we got off to a good start. Uh, players were, were dialed in, worked hard, and uh it was a lot of good things in that first week but but uh like i said things will get more uh, defined as we continue to uh, get deeper into spring ball so we're excited to get back on the field today and and get going
2: so questions we'll start with trevor allen from kslsports.com followed by josh newman and hans olson Kyle, now
0: now that you guys have the, the pads on, uh, what was there any kind of adjustment period to having them back on or, or
1: were guys flying around and, and, and playing really well? the ladder flying around and uh handled the practice very well and and uh they're excited players always get excited to to put the pads on after they've been in in no pads for a couple days and you know it's hard to play real football unless you have the pads on and so that was uh, a situation where they were uh excited and, and handled it very well
2: josh newton salt lake tribune followed by hans olsen
0: Kyle, for a guy like Chad Bumpus, obviously he's you know he's coming into a kind of a old new position. But uh, how beneficial is it to you know for him to be familiar with the program, but also to have some f- familiar faces in the wide receiver room already?
1: Yeah, it's an advantage. And it's uh, something that doesn't typically happen when you get a new coach on your staff. But fortunately, we had Chad with us uh, back in '18, and and knows our system, knows how we do things, and like we mentioned uh, previously, he's. He's got uh, four or five, maybe half a dozen guys in that room that uh, that were here back in 2018. And so there is familiarity, which which does help.
0: Staying in the wide receiver room, just to follow up real quick, you know, Covey has, you know, he had some injuries during that 2020 season. What, you know, what's his health situation? And is he just a full go at this point or, or where well, is he?
1: Full go. He feels great right now. He had an excellent first week. And uh, we've got to uh, make sure that he doesn't overdo it. That's, that's the uh, challenge right now. He's, he's a very eager, hardworking uh, player. And we've got to pull the reins back on him or he'll just, uh, you know, keep going until, you know, until whatever. And so, so uh, he, he's off to a good start. And uh, we hope to uh, keep him healthy throughout the full cool spring. That's something that's uh, going to be important for
2: him. Olsen from 97.5 and 12.8 of his own, followed by Patrick
1: Kinahan. Coach, I wanted to get more of a fill of your running backs room. Uh, how are your transfers doing? How's the depth looking? Tell me who's standing out to you right now. Well, the two transfers, first of all, are doing an outstanding job. They both uh, adapted to our program and to what we're doing. And, and it was really an easy transition. I think I mentioned that last week where they've both got outstanding work habits, um, uh, and have been very uh, diligent in, in preparation as far as studying the playbook, studying the film, and getting themselves ready so they could get the ground running as, as spring ball began, and they did just that. And so between those two kids, you know, Chris Curry and T.J. Pledgery, the two that we're talking about, and Mackay Bernard, those are the three guys that are really in the mix right now. And, of course, we'll uh, add uh, Ricky in the, in the fall, in the summer, actually, and uh, that'll be a, another good addition to the room.
2: We'll go next to Patrick Kinahan, 97.5 and 12.80, the zone, followed by Josh Furlong. When you made that
1: change at receiver coach, did you zero in on this coach or was it open? It was open. We had a we had a, uh, a list of uh, guys that we were uh, interested in, needed to uh, explore. And, uh, and Chad was one of those guys, obviously. And, and we were a little bit uh, on a time crunch with wanting to get the the, ideally getting the, uh, the position filled by spring ball and, and, and even more ideally several days in front of spring ball if we could to get the coach up to speed uh, as I mentioned in the search it was more important to get the right guy than uh, the timing of it but, but certainly the timing was a factor and uh, Chad's familiarity with the program and having been here certainly worked in his favor we'll
2: Go next, Josh Furlong followed by Cole Bagley
0: and Kyle, obviously, uh, you know, you guys are known for, for a lot of your running backs and sending them to the league and getting everybody there, but what, what do you feel like you can do to maybe enhance the, the wide receiver position, especially with Chad Bumpus and, and kind of, what are you looking for in terms of, of production that way this year?
1: Yeah, we need to be more balanced uh, than we were, uh, you know, last year and you go back a couple of years in 19, we threw for over 3000 yards and, um, Highest completion percentage in the conference, highest yards per attempt in the league. Uh, 18, the same thing as far as yardage over 3,000 yards. So we, it's not like we we never throw the football. I mean, last year we were a little more uh, run oriented than we than we probably needed. Uh, not that we needed to be, but as the season progressed, it became apparent that, that that was the best thing for us last year. But we've got to get back to being balanced. And uh, the receiver room, we got some good players in there, but we know we we took a hit and lost a couple guys, so we got to add <clears throat> at least one more, maybe two uh, this this uh, later this spring or this summer uh, via the portal, most likely. And uh, it's going to be important that uh, you know we're able to throw the ball. It doesn't matter how good you are running back, and if you can't throw the ball to uh, get rid of some of those seven, eight, nine-man boxes, then, then it's going to be tough sledding for you.
2: Cole Magley, Daily Utah Chronicle, followed by Trevor Allen.
3: Coach, going back to uh, Covey, what's a guy like that, uh, what kind of value does a guy like that bring to the program who's been with the team for so long?
1: Uh, a ton of value in so many areas, not not just with his outstanding ability to play the slot receiver, and, and I think he's one of the best, if not the best return guys in the country, especially uh, punt return but his leadership he's been there done that he knows the program inside and out and uh, he's a guy that provides outstanding leadership not only in the receiver room but throughout the entire team and <laughs> very well respected by his teammates and uh, has uh, a lot of influence on this team of course now he's, he's a captain and so that uh, adds more to you know to that leadership role than he's had in the past.
3: just a quick follow-up what are you looking for uh, from him this fall?
1: Well, he's got to be uh, a big play guy for us. He's he's a guy that needs to touch the ball, you know, a dozen times a game between uh, returns and receptions. And, you know, we need to get get the ball in his hands. He's dynamic. And uh, he's just – he's got to be a, a big part of the offense, which we anticipate him being as long as he can continue to stay healthy.
0: Next up, Trevor Allen we we've touched on you know the the two guys leaving but were you were you surprised when when both brian and and samson decided to enter the portal
1: i guess nothing surprises you anymore with, with the way college football is and is uh gonna get even more uh transitional i guess you'd say it's uh you know nothing really surprises you You just uh, react and and uh you know fill the void fortunately with the with the portal you can fill the void as easily as it uh, as it occurs with with the incoming guys and so it's just the way that college football is now and will continue to be unless they change the rules we'll see that happening and so that's the way that uh, you can operate it's uh, free agency within college football and the way we look at it is is uh, your high school guys are your draftees and then your free agents are the, are the portal guys you gotta have both you gotta be able to to get a blend of, of both those uh coming players. Our final question will come from Josh
4: Furlong.
0: Kyle, obviously Solomon Enos has been kind of a high upset upside guy. He you know he's he's been able to show out on the field, but what what do you feel like you guys can do to maybe tap into his talents a little bit more on the field, especially in the games or or obviously he's been used in a lot of blocking schemes in different ways that way, but what do you feel like you can do to kind of maximize
1: his potential? Well, I'd say the short version is try to get the ball a little bit more, and I think that's something that uh, you're going to see going forward. Uh, Solomon, like you said, does have a high ceiling and and a lot of – ability. And particularly one of his strengths is the 50-50 ball. He'll just run the, run the nine route and throwing the ball up and letting them go up and get it. That's something that we probably need to do a little bit more of than we've done in the past. But, but uh, Solo is a hard worker, a team guy all the way. Uh, never complains, at least not to me. And, and uh, is a willing, a willing blocker, which is another thing we look for in wide receivers. And with that frame he has, he's 6'3 and about 210 pounds. He's, he's very physical on the outside and the block game and so it's uh just a matter of us trying to uh get him more touches and and get him more involved
0: there's utah football coach kyle whittingham when we come back the cougars kalani sataki stay with us
5: take the zone with you wherever you go let's go download the all-new zone sports network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show Good
0: morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Cougars are wrapping up spring football. Uh, end of the week, they'll have their spring game. There'll be some people there, a few fans. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Hope the weather holds. It's not supposed to be uh, great today, but uh, we'll see how it goes for the end of the week. Here is Kalani Satake with the media.
3: Kalani, talk about getting ready for this week, last week. Uh, <clears throat> and what do you want to see happen over the next few days?
6: I'll just finish off uh, strong in spring. I, th- I think we've had some really good practices and we've got some guys banged up. Um, but I think we got everything we wanted so far, and just more of a uh, getting everything ready for the going thinking about fall camp. Uh, getting as much film as we can for our install for a lot of the new guys, so they can see it on film, and then just uh, keep getting better at our fundamentals and technique. So I, I felt like we've we've made some huge strides as far as getting our team deeper and and uh, competing in a lot of different spots. And I think that uh, you know this going into today's practice, we had a really good one today, and I think we'll take a couple more to get ready for Friday, which is going to be more like another practice. Um, you know, we'll try to do some 11-11 stuff during in the practice, but uh, I don't think we're going to, we're not going to do a spring game type of deal. Um, just trying to keep our guys healthy and and uh, with our numbers being a little bit down, um, I think that's probably the right approach to take.
3: I also wanted to ask about the Dan Plater passing away over the weekend. I know he's been around the program. I've seen him in the offices and around a lot. What is, has what is he meant to the program? I, I know he's had some health issues and challenges that way but uh... Just talk about him and that loss.
6: Yeah. I mean, obviously he was a great player, um, back in the day. And, and you know, it, it, I've just been really, uh, thankful that we have players that embrace, uh, former players that have been through here and then, uh, respect them for, for all their sacrifice. And so, uh, I think the connection that he had to our players was something that he really, uh, relished, you know, and every day we'd see him. And, and I mean, he had a, a great connection to the administration, but also to the, uh, the coaching staff and, uh, He'll be missed, and, um, you know, we, we know that he's um, he's going to be always supportive of our program and, and our team, especially the wide receiver. So, hopefully, this will be a good year for the White Ops to show out for him. All
7: right, let's go, Jay, and then Mitch.
4: Lonnie, well, anyway, with a, a week left of spring camp, which position group would you say – is the most settled as far as depth chart goes
5: and which group is maybe the least settled
6: I would say the most settled would probably be the linebacker the thing that comes to my mind right away I feel like we have not just a good two deep but a good three deep and uh, we have a lot of you know, really good players there. I mean, if you're looking at the the three, Peyton Wilgar and Max Tooley and Keenan Peely, those three I think have tons of um, experience under their belt, and they they've had a lot of game time um, plays and a lot of different places too, a lot of different positions. So those guys can play all all our, our linebacker spots and our DN spots. So I think that that's probably the most settled. Then I really feel good about the two deep and three deep, even in that position, and, and then some of the guys that we're going to add to it that. Have been home from their missions and guys are still coming home uh, this summer so I think it's going to add to an already deep uh, position Um, as far as I I would say linebackers and I also go to the the kickers so I think we're, we're really set at, at, at place kicking and, and punting but uh, we also have some, some other guys that, that I think can uh, you know if they need to kick the ball or punt we feel good about the, the backups there too so and snapping so uh, as far as the ones not set yet I feel good about the talent but we're still figuring out the quarterback situation so uh, that, that one's not going to be figured out by the end of this week
4: I mean, uh, has that been whittled down at all? You mentioned last time mean, you might whittle it down a
6: little. I think it will be. I think I'll uh, let um, time. I mean, we still have th- three more practices. You know, we finished the one today, and then we still have uh, three more, including the one on Friday. And so I think we'll, we'll see how it works with those three and and uh, try to whittle it down. Because I think we're going to need to get more reps to the guys that can compete for it. And um, that will that'll happen probably at the end of this week.
4: Kalani, which positions have, have – you mentioned that some of the numbers are currently down. Which positions are maybe the lightest
6: at the moment? Um, there's just a lot of guys that, that are just getting banged up. And it's not anything too um, alarming, but, we, you know, we lost um, – uh, Michael Harper, you know, for the year. And, and it's unfortunate because he's a starter for us, but we, uh, have seen other guys step up in that position. I mean, we have, it's still a deep group at corner and then seeing new guys like, um, like Dean come along, you know, do some really good things there. And he's long. And so, uh, and then has tons of ability. And then you add in all the guys that have played there, have, have experience, um, you know, Keenan Ellis and, and Shaman, and, uh, Dilo and Isaiah. A lot of good players there, and then still developing some young guys and, and some even newcomers like Ethan Slade's done some really good things there, too. So uh, I feel good about the DBs. I, I don't. Uh, what was the other part of the question, Mitch?
4: Just, just in, uh, just positions that are just light in terms of numbers heading into the spring practice yeah, I, on Friday.
6: I don't know if, if I can say like they're all light, but we always have to look at O line, D line matchup when you're going into. That's why you, That's when you can do a game when you, if you can't, and so. I think we have a lot of guys that can play, but it's just a matter of do you put them at risk right now? But towards the end of it, going into our off season, we need those guys to be healthy, and uh, we've had a lot of competition throughout spring already. You know, so I think the decision is that if we can have the linemen to do it and, and do a game, then we would. But right now. Um, looking at our O-line, D-line situation we need probably we'd like to have our two deeps stay healthy <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we just don't, we need some younger guys to still develop and I don't know if, if having a spring game would, be, would really be ideal for Friday. So that, that's where you have to look at first.
7: How's
4: the competition gone at the, the the left tackle spot to fill the void left by Brady Christensen? How are guys like Blake Freeland, Harris LeChance? What what's who are the personnel that are maybe fine for that spot?
6: Well, I mean, I think I think Harris LeChance at right tackle and um, Blake Freeland at left tackle are doing a really good job right now, and probably getting the most consistency out of those guys at the, at those spots. And um, and then you know we have a bunch of guys that can kind of rotate in there, and and um, you know. Barrington's always been Clark Barrington's always been a, a main state left guard and James Empey at center and then right guard Connor Page done some really good things there too and, and we just have a bunch of guys that are playing so many different positions I think uh, Funk's doing a good job at rotating those guys and you're seeing guys like um, you know uh, Seth Willis step up and uh, Braden Kime's going to be a really good player here you know and, and, and he's got a lot of height a lot of size and he's big now so I think all that time and development's going to pay off for him, and, um, you know, we're starting to see some other guys step up, but as soon as we get the rest of the guys healthy and ready to go, I think that would be a lot deeper room.
7: Yeah, let's go, Norma, and then Jared.
2: Hey, Coach, considering all the talent that you guys produced over the past couple years, particularly last
3: year, and then The pandemic, the changes that it's forced on the NFL Combine. Would you say that this would be the biggest uh, pro day in BYU history?
6: Yeah, probably, because I I think um, I mean I, I think we've always made pro day really important to our. Our program and, and trying to do everything we can to, to showcase our players' talents, and, and I think having these guys come out and be able to, you know, run and, and time and, and do all those things for the scouts is going to be huge. And then having uh, all the uh, attention around Zach is bringing a lot more eyes to to his program. But I, I think. Um, pro day has always been big for us and, and, and I think since I've been the head coach that's something that I want to really keep emphasizing is that we take care of the scouts when they come here and we give them as much information and film as they need and then um, that we make it a, a big priority for us to um, get our guys into the NFL and I think you know with some of the development things that we've been able to do in the past you're starting to see I, I remember last year saying that I think we have a lot of NFL guys on our roster I still believe that and uh, uh, you know, some of them will have an opportunity to go and get drafted and do free agents contracts and make teams this season. And, and then the next guys will step up and we're still having guys develop. I, I really believe we have. Uh, hopefully this will be the, the biggest pro day to date. And then maybe we, we get it even bigger next year. Hopefully we just keep that thing rolling
7: you mentioned that uh, you constantly believe that
3: your team is full of NFL players. Last year, the program didn't have any BYU player be selected in the draft. The previous seven years, you had, had at least one. This year, you're projected to have possibly multiple. Do you think that this is something that the program can continue and continue to build off of? Or is it just because you just happen to
1: get the luck of the draw with these guys?
6: No, we've been. It's it's been a priority from day one. If you look at the years past, we've been trying to develop our program, I've said it before. I want to get guys in the NFL. That's a priority for me. And so I think the I think the league needs our guys, and I think uh, we have guys that can go out there and have success. So, you know, um, even guys that have been injured and stuff like that, we, we need to find a way to get them back on track and give them an opportunity to, to show on the field and get an opportunity to, to make teams. And so I, I really believe that this is something that's been deliberate. We've been trying to focus on that from, from the beginning. And uh, I'd like to – I wish Norm I could just predict it, but I'd like to keep – there's an effort here to, to have that happen. And, and I, I think that uh, – I think we'll be able to continue it. I, like I said, we have a lot of guys that will be able to join the NFL this year, and I, I believe we'll have some more next year. i said that, um, I've been saying that for you know the last couple of years now, that I think we have a good group of, of guys that can make make the NFL and, and make a difference there for their teams. All
5: right, Jared, you've got the last question.
3: Bonnie Friday's got to be a day you're looking forward to because you get all the attention with Pro Day, you get the spring practice, you get some fans in the stands. And after last year, not even getting to the end of spring practice, what's it like to prepare for, you know, that type of a day, you know, that type of energy here in March, long ways from the season, but to have that type of an opportunity?
6: Yeah, and I think just having – seeing everyone back again, you know, they they're all they've been coming in last week and even coming in this week, seeing all the, the the seniors and even guys that didn't have an opportunity to do a pro day like um Aleva Hefo and Michael Simon. Um, you know, have those guys back to to run some routes and and, and uh, do some things and do a workout. I think some of them are going to run a 40. Um, Austin Lee and all those guys just give it another chance and and um, I'm just thankful that we have a staff that, that and an administration that's uh, that has the same vision that, that we do as a, as a coaching staff to try to give our guys every opportunity to do pro day and to showcase their talents. And so even if the timing is off a little bit, some of those guys will have another opportunity and if it works out great, if not, then they can say that we did everything we can as a a, uh, administration a school and a program to get them in that position to to do their best and get to the league now i I think that you know i i don't know how they'll do it but i I have a really good feeling that i think they're surprising people and and we'll we'll see i'm i'm looking forward to all of it there's a lot of energy going into that weekend um into that day and for for me it's just trying to get Trying to utilize that last practice to get the most out of our guys that we can, and I've seen a lot of players just made huge strides and getting better as um, you know overall and. and I mean, there's a lot of guys that I, I see that it's getting better. You're talking to, you're going to interview a couple of them. I think Chris Jackson's done some amazing things to you know, catapult himself into I think he's setting himself up for a really, really successful and fun 2021. And Josh Wilson's doing himself really good favors by competing and moving up the depth chart and earning some playing time. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think just a lot of energy that's going around, uh, around BYU and more than anything, I just want to keep the program, keep building, keep developing this thing into into the beast that I think it can, it can be. All
4: right, thanks, coach. Can I clarify All one thing? Did you say Micah Harper? Is out for this coming season, or just for spring ball?
6: No, he's out for spring ball, and then there's a chance that what the plan would be going into, because he was a, a, a true freshman and started for us. The plan would be for him to uh, make a comeback, and then we'll utilize, definitely utilize the four games that he will be able to redshirt with, and then we'll see how his progress um, gets from that to from then on. So we know we're going to use the four games. Uh, towards the end of the year, but if he if he comes along as as well as we anticipate, then maybe there's just a chance that he'll just play right away. And I don't know how it works because he'll be a freshman all over again next year. So, but we do have the redshirt year as insurance just in case.
0: There's Kalani Sataki with the media. When we come back, the best of the Jazz post game
5: show. Stay with us. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
0: The Utah Jazz win in Chicago. They defend. They hold the Bulls to 95 points. They win by 25, and... They're now 11-0 when they hold teams under 100 points. You hold them under 100, you're 11-0. They're 13-1 when they hold them between 100 and 109. So there's that 24-1 when they hold teams under 110. Hey, it's just me, but I suggest you hold them under 110. All right, here's the best of the Jazz postgame show.
8: It's your jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97-5 and 1280 the zone. Jazz win last night big over the Bulls in Chicago, 120 to 95. Rudy Gobert, one block shot short of a triple-double. What a night for Rudy. Twenty-one points, ten rebounds, nine. Block shots for Rudy Gobert against the Bulls. The Jazz kept him in a little bit later than usual in a blowout game. But uh, And Rudy almost had his 10th uh, block on Lori Markkinen, but uh, just barely goes in. But what a game for Rudy Gobert. Donovan Mitchell was great, too. 30 points for Donovan on 11 of 19 shooting, 5 of 8 from 3. And, of course... A DJ and PK, the DJ and PK favorite, host of the Joe Ingles show every Thursday on DJ and PK. Joe Ingles, just amazing. Five of six from three, 17 points, six of eight from the field. He had seven rebounds and an assist. Over the last three games, Joe Ingles is 18 of 22 for three. 82% from three over three games, which has actually never happened in the NBA before over a three-game stretch with at least 20 attempts. So, Joe Ingles, absolutely in rarefied air, absolutely terrific. Uh, last night for the Utah Jazz, uh, for the Bulls, Zach Levine had 27 to lead the way from the, uh, for them, but the Jazz in control of this one for most of the night. Let's get some post sound going. Let's start with Jazz
0: head coach Quinn Snyder.
2: First question will be David James, KTV.
0: Quinn, was that the defense you were looking for
2: tonight? Is that what you expect out of the guys most games? Yeah, you know it, it, it's hard to replicate you know, everything, you know, for every minute of every game, but, you know, that's our focus. Um, you know, and I, I think it, w- when we do that, um, it gives us an opportunity to, you know, to get out and run. And so getting stops is, you know, keys, everything for us. And that's where our mindset has to be. And I thought tonight we came out with a real sense of purpose. Kristen Kenny, JSTV. Along those lines. Rudy, wow. I mean, nine blocks. What impressed you most about what he did tonight? Well, he's just, he's playing the right way. And, and, you know, when he does the things that really only he can do as far as, you know, him running and um, being willing to come over and and get off his man's body and, and contest shots, he's good on block shots. And I think our, our other guys know that when he does that, you know, it's that's important important time for us all to rebound. So, um, you know, w- w- you could see how Rudy played. I don't know if Fave's numbers showed up on the stat line or not. But I thought we got great minutes from Fave tonight too. You know, he was on the offensive glass, loose balls. You know, he did a really good job defensively. So when those two guys in combination are playing that way, it really helps us.
6: Eric Walden, select champion.
4: Quinn, were you? How aware were you, I guess, that, that Rudy had nine blocks and and did that maybe encourage you to keep him in a little bit longer than you otherwise might have?
2: No, I mean, I, we're not looking to play for for stat lines. Um, you know, obviously, you know, people are always aware of that. as teammates more than anyone, um, you know, fave more than anyone. So it's something, you know, that, that you're aware of, but – you know he had an opportunity to get it he didn't get it um you know but we got the win and i know that's what he's most concerned about last question ben anderson ksl sports he's been blocking a lot of shots recently is that what's that indicative of to you is that a good sign is it a bad sign it, it's it's a good sign you know i think like i said before and just to elaborate on it you know um there's been times when you know, he's stayed closer to his man and, and been more concerned sometimes with, you know, not letting his man get an offensive rebound and, you know, his teammates behind him, you know, giving him confidence, telling him to, you know, shift over and, um, you know, and try to make plays when he does that, you know, obviously, you know, there, there's times he's going to block it. There's times he's going to alter it. And that's when the rest of us need to rebound. So, uh, You know, the more focus we get on our perimeter guys getting down and getting on the glass and mixing it up. I think the more confident Rudy is and the more, you know, where he is of where the ball is and trying to make plays, you know, on people that are driving, whether it be, you know, switching on to a ball handler late um, or someone's covering his back. And that's the essence of defense. Everybody's got to have everybody's back.
8: There you go. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder after his team wins 120 to 95 over the Bulls. A lot of uh, talk about Rudy Gobert's game, almost getting that triple double. Uh, Coach Snyder said not paying attention to the to the stats. uh, But uh, Rudy, just one block away. In fact, let's hear from the man himself. Here's Rudy Gobert. All right. We'll get started
1: with Tony Jones, the athletic. Rudy uh, came close to. uh that elusive franchise triple-double that uh, the franchise hasn't had since 2008 uh, or whenever Carlos did it. You know, what did you think of your uh, your night tonight? And, you know, what were you seeing out there on both ends of the floor?
9: I mean, I just came in, uh, you know, trying to set the tone defensively, um, as I do every night, you know. And uh, I think we did a great job as a team. And, you know, as the game went on, When I came out at the end, uh, somebody told me that I had nine, but I didn't know, to be honest. So, you know, that's not really, I I never tried to chase that, you know, but once I knew that I had nine, I was like, okay, let's let's go for it.
6: Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
4: Rudy, after the last couple of games, you spoke about the need to kind of get the effort going on the defensive side more consistently. What did you see from your teammates tonight in kind of setting that tone from the start of the game?
9: That's night and day, you know, when we when we do that. And we did it against the, the Raptors too. You know, we, uh, we're a different team. And, uh, you know, we're able to score off our defense um, and we're able to not let, you know, the, the other team get going and get confidence. And as the team that we want to be. And as the team that we, you know, we know that, when we came with that, when we come with that focus every single night, uh, you know we are we the we are a great team.
1: Next up, Sarah Todd, Desert Red News.
2: Rudy, I've got to imagine that some of your teammates were hyping you up, trying to get that last uh, rebound. Uh, who were the maybe the main culprits that were uh, cheering you on? in that?
9: I mean, actually, when uh, when I came out with like seven minutes left, uh, Derek that was coming in for me, told me that I had nine blocks and, uh, and, you know, he was really happy to, you know, to, to, to tell me that. And that's, you know, that's just the way we are as a, as a team. You know, everyone is, uh, you know, is happy for one another and, uh, and, uh, you know, everyone is lifting each other up, you know, so it's, it's just fun. It's just fun to be part of a group that, uh, that cares about one another. And, uh, you know, and I think that's really, uh, our strength as a team, you know, uh, of course, basketball skills is important, but having a great group of guys is, uh, you know, is I think what separates, you know, uh, a good team uh, from a championship team.
2: David James, KTV.
0: You've won back-to-back games now for the first time since the All-Star break and you've got the Nets coming in Wednesday. How much are you looking forward to playing Brooklyn even though they're going to be short-handed?
9: I mean, it's a very talented team, obviously. Um, you know, for us, it's just one game at a time. It's, we got to go home uh, from this long road trip, um, you know, get used to the attitude again and, uh, and get ready uh, for another great defensive game. And, uh, you know, we know that Brooklyn, uh, whether, you know, uh, who sits, who doesn't sit, we know that they're always going to have talent on the floor and, uh, you know, it's going to be a great challenge for us.
1: Last question, Leonardo Torres out of
2: Peru.
9: Hi, Rudy. It's Leonardo Torres from Peru.
2: Congrats on the win and the big performance. Rudy, at this point of the
9: season, what is the main goal for the team for this season? Well, for us, it's just keep getting better. You know, we obviously we want to keep winning every single game. You know, any game that we can, we're going to try to win every night. But uh, the goal is really uh, to keep getting better, you know, keep... Uh, you know, uh, finding ourselves defensively and, and offensively, and uh, you know when uh, when the playoff comes, you know, being able to to play the base basketball that we can play.
8: That is Rudy Gobert, twenty one points, ten rebounds, nine block shots. Said he didn't know he had nine blocks until Derek Favors told him when Fave came in for him with about seven minutes to go in the fourth. Rudy would go back into the game, but uh, could not get that final block shot. Let's now hear from Donovan Mitchell. All right, first question will be Chris and Kenny Jazz TV.
2: Hey Don. well, the last game of a road trip is always tough. Uh, what does it say about this group that you guys were able to come out and defend with such a purpose tonight?
7: Oh, I think it just showed our, our mental fortitude and, you know, what we, you know, stuck our mind to. You know, and I think the biggest thing is we sustained that throughout the game, we had a little bit of a lapse, but we responded well. And, you know, now we got to go ahead, head home, and do it against a, a really, really, really good, uh, really good team in uh, in Brooklyn. Um, so I think it was, it was good tonight and um, we'll go ahead and, and get ready for Brooklyn.
2: Sarah Todd does right news. Don, how, how badly were you wanting for Rudy to get that, that 10th
7: block? Uh, man, I thought he had it on the last one, you know, he's been, he was, I didn't realize he had nine until uh, that we were talking about it on the bench. Um, but, you know, he's, he's been phenomenal on the defensive end, you know, going out there challenging shots and they kept trying to attack him. Um, I don't know why. Um, I wouldn't, I just shoot a pull-up or something. Um, I don't know why guys continuously do that, but, you know, it helps us because he's out there just being an animal uh, on the perimeter, uh, in the mid-range, at the rim. So it helps us and it allows us to be more aggressive. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, he's he's starting to really, you know, go out there and just prove himself every night um, and without really saying much.
2: Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
4: Don, other than, you know, the Bulls just consistently challenging Rudy for whatever reason, what was different about the defensive performance tonight that, um, that maybe hasn't been there in the previous stretch?
7: Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing was just the communication effort from the, from start to finish, you know, and it's it hasn't been just the Bulls. You know, I look at, you know, the Bulls tried it. You know, I think the Raptors kind of did as well. Then they got away from it. Um, the the who we played for at the Wizards, you know, and we've kind of put too much pressure on him back there, him and Fave back there. You know, so, you know, for us to 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 guard and keep our man in front allows him to have a nine block game, you know, as opposed to, you know, whether it's Westbrook getting in the paint and, and finishing guys feeling comfortable finishing in the paint. You know, you seeing you're seeing what, you know, what our defense is supposed to look like. And then he comes from the help side and blocks shots. Um I think that's really what, you know, allowed us to kind of allowed him to kind of, or allowed us as a whole, I should say, to go out there and guard and then get out in transition.
1: Ben Anderson, KSL Sports.
5: Donovan,
7: what
0: felt different about the start of this game that, that kind of hadn't been there so far on this trip?
7: Um, just the energy, the the effort, and just going out there and, and, and the, the focus. You know, I think, do you look at Washington and then you look at this game, it's just polar opposites. Um, Washington, they were the aggressor. They came out and hit punch first. Um and I think this game was more like, let's just go out there and just play hard. You know, it's easy to kind of say, all right, we've been on the road for, uh, what was it, 10, 11 days, something like that. You know, it's easy to kind of say, just ease our way into this game. Um, and I don't think we did that. And I think we did a good job of that. And now we got to continue to, to go ahead and do that um, throughout the rest of the season. And, you know, it starts with our homestand coming back up.
3: David James, T V.
0: You referenced Brooklyn a little bit. Looking forward, you know, it'll be a chance to get a three-game win streak for the first time in a while. Do these New York teams mean a little more to you, not only because Brooklyn is
7: good, but, you know, a lot of people are watching you back home? Um, me personally, or are you talking about the team? You, you personally. Um, it's always fun, you know, going, going against teams that, you know, you grew up watching, grew up going to games. Um, I think it's, you know, some of the guys on the staff, you know, um, so I think it's, it's definitely, you know, fun. I think it definitely brings out more excitement, but, you know, um, my friends are constantly talking trash, you know, I think that's what, that's what makes it fun too. Um, but you know, just going out there and just doing everything, I, doing everything we've been doing as a, as a whole, as my, myself, um, and, you know, not really letting the, playing in front of friends uh, concept kind of gets my head and kind of you lose sight of what the task at hand so kind of just focusing in you know obviously Kyrie's out Katie's out but they still got an MVP over there and James Harden they got Joe Harris they got Blake they got a bunch of guys Bruce Brown's a hell of a defender so we just gotta go out there and be ready Um, because you know with those guys being out that's more shots coming from different areas we gotta be ready to cover them
2: last question follow up from Kristen Kenny speaking of coming home over the last 30 days you guys have just had one home game So what are you looking forward to most? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Did you realize that?
7: No. I mean, I understand why I feel like I've been in a hotel room since I understand now, I guess it's real. It wasn't just me feeling that way. Um, (laughs) But sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. But
2: just what, what are you looking forward to most about coming home for this homestand?
7: Sleeping in my bed, driving in my car, uh, um, to be honest, like just the little things, you appreciate them when you're on the road, and then can't really leave the hotel room. Uh, being able just to to leave my house and, and drive somewhere and just, you know that that's very underrated after you've been on the road this long. Um, but on a serious note, like um, getting home, playing in front of the home crowd, it's gonna be loud, it's gonna be fun. Um, you miss that energy, you know, when you're playing in arenas that don't have fans. I think that's that's huge, and you know, for the biggest thing is just to start off the right way. You know, it's gonna be. It's going to be different with altitude. You know, we haven't been back home in a while, but we'll go out there, you know, get our our win and get going.
8: That's Donovan Mitchell. Great night for Donovan. 30 points, six boards, six assists. Very efficient. 11 for 19, five of eight from three. Just a great game. Third consecutive 30-point game for Donovan Mitchell. Let's now let you hear from Joe
4: Ingles.
9: We'll start with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
4: Joe, you're now at exactly 50% from three-point range on the season. Um, You're just on an incredible hot streak lately has anything changed or is it our teams guarding you differently or what's what's going on with uh why you're shooting the ball so well right now
3: um i mean i told you guys in the summer my shot felt good you probably didn't believe me at the start because i bricked a few but um no i honestly feel like i i i honestly said it whenever i said it in the preseason for a reason i i i felt like i got a really good summer in um if you guys like I obviously stayed in Utah. So I was, um, the first time in a long time I hadn't had like traveled and kind of gone back to Melbourne and spent time. It's, it's always obviously good going home, but it's, it's a bit harder to find a gym and, and do all that. And, um, yeah, I just feel like, like I said, like I I felt like coming in, I, I was feeling really good. I, I felt fit. I felt like I said, with the shot and, um, Brian Bailey was there with me all summer and we just, uh, we, we just worked on some things. He he showed me some clips, um, early on about how to different things where I shot the ball well, where I didn't, um, where I can get shots in the offense this year. Um, obviously kind of coming into it and, and knowing I was coming off the bench uh, a little bit like last year, but obviously a bit more, um, with Mike being healthy only kind of jumping into the starting lineup a little bit here and there, but just, just being, um, uh, I guess knowing my role, um, and like I said, me and, me and Bailey just kind of went to work in the summer. It was, um, probably bad for him cause we were only allowed one on one. So he had to rebound every shot by himself, but we, we spent a lot of time there. So I, I've got to give him a bit of credit because of the the time away from his family and that, that he spent with me in the summer, um, obviously for my benefit, it's not really for his benefit. It's for, it's for me. So, um, yeah, like I said, felt good coming in. Um, and I think again, just kind of as the years gone on finding where I can be aggressive, finding where it's, it's obviously I, I play a couple of different stretches with, with different guys. So just figuring out when I can be aggressive or not and, um, I think obviously kind of losing a little bit of that hesitation. Um, I've always tried to, I, I guess, get not that I'm not trying to get guys involved anymore, but, um, if I've got an opportunity to shoot it, just being ready to shoot it and to, to shoot it and, um, teammates supporting those decisions when I, when I do shoot it and then obviously uh, I'm still trying to get guys involved. So yeah, not much, um, I guess changed, but just, just like I said, I just felt good coming in and, he probably just jinx the hell out of me, so we'll see what happens now.
6: Tony Jones, the athletic. Um, along those lines, Joe, is this
1: the best basketball that you played in your career? Just not not only just shooting the ball, but you know the decision
6: making, you know, just all around.
3: Um, no, I mean, I don't, I don't, really, I don't know. To be honest, like I said, I, I feel really good. Um, I, I think. I've said it before, but I, like, as you get older and, um, more aware of what you need to do and don't need to do, um, uh, I, I think kind of having, having that break when I did was, was kind of like those, those little things. Like I, I never wanted to take a break before I wanted to be out there if I was healthy and, um, just understanding, um, myself, my game. And, and like I said, where I can be aggressive and where I, I, I Kind of space the floor and, and get out the guy's way if JC's going or Mike or whoever I'm I'm in with at the time and um, yeah I mean I'm I'm having fun I'm I'm enjoying it um, I enjoy the the basketball side of it I enjoy getting on the plane now and going home to my my kids and Renee and um, yeah it's been a I mean it's been a tough year f- for everybody really with COVID and all that and especially for us Renee hasn't been able to go home and and all that so we're just trying to enjoy every moment we can. And obviously when I'm out in the courts, um, that kind of that time to, to be free a little bit and just, just hoop. So um, yeah, I I don't know if it's the best or not, but you guys can have many people are on here. 20 people can be the judge of it. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm enjoying it. And obviously we're, we're winning games. So it's, it's, it's been fun.
0: Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Joe, in particular with that work with Brian and, and I mean, you've been working on this for a couple of years, but that, that quick above the head shot form where you, you have the quick release. Tell me how kind of that's evolved over the course of your career. And especially recently.
3: <laughs> well, when I first got in the NBA, I used to catch it, bring the ball down to my shins and then go back up and shoot it and quickly realize that, uh, like a six, eight athletic guy was going to smack it into Rose Z by the time I shot it. So, um, it's been a bit of a kind of evolution, I guess, of, of, of learning the NBA first and foremost in, in Europe and the NBL and FIBA. Obviously it's a less athletic guys, but, um, just the, the speed and quickness of the game as well. So, um, I think it was a few years ago, I probably first kind of started to do it. I probably wasn't fully confident in it, but um, again, I I mean, I was in the facility as annoying as it was to be in the facility for 12 months straight. I was off that, that whole season last year and then the whole off season and and obviously again, a, a fair bit of credit to Bailey for putting up with me for a full summer of um, rebounding by himself and that, that's the hard part too it was one-on-one in the summer with the the restrictions and rules so he was standing under the basket and then sprinting out to the three and passing it to me and running back under the basket and sprinting back out so um, I, I've, obviously, I've obviously spent a lot of time on it and, and I mean I, I think you guys would know but I obviously feel very comfortable shooting it um, I don't really kind of from my chest up wherever I catch it wherever it comes I'm more than happy to to pull it so um, yeah it's it's been a bit of a work in progress I wouldn't have shot it two or three years ago probably um, but just knowing that I've knowing that I've shot that shot however many times at practice and in the summer and that it, it obviously makes me very comfortable, comfortable and confident to shoot it in a game now
8: there you go, Joe Ingles, 17 points, 5 of 6 from 3. Uh, dude is absolutely on fire. 18 of 22 from 3 in his last three games. Un. Up next for the Utah Jazz, they'll take on uh, the Brooklyn Nets here at Vivint Arena coming up tomorrow night. That game will tip off at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin at 7. Uh, and, of course, you'll hear it all here on 97.5 and
0: 1280 The Zone. There is the best of the Jazz post-game show when we come back. What is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.